The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with John Thomas Flynn, who is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Ask the CIO, SLED edition on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Now your host, John Thomas Flynn. Welcome, everyone. I recently attended the National Association of State Chief Information Officers Spring Conference at National Harbor, just outside Washington, D.C., where I interviewed NACIO officials and state CIO attendees. My first guest was Doug Robinson, Executive Director of NACIO. And 2019 being the 50th anniversary of NACIO, I began by asking him to reminisce about his long association with the organization. 50 years, John. Yeah. Hard to believe. And yes. this is your, what did you say, 92, your first one? 92, my first uh, conference in Nashville as a state member attendee. And I lost count on how many I've, I've come to, but two year, two conferences a year. Uh, I just began my 16th year as executive director, uh, and so uh, we'll be doing both conferences this year. So uh, at least, uh, you know, several, several dozen conferences since right. then. You know, it's funny, uh, you mentioning Nashville. That's when I started in Massachusetts, and Bradley Duggar was president. Correct. And never forget, he actually called me. I'd only been on the job a few weeks. And it was springtime, the, uh, the, the spring conference was coming up, and Brad asked if I could, uh, if I could make it. And I said, I really couldn't. He said, but we'd really like you to be a member, have Massachusetts a member. And I said, sure, I can do that. And then he said, uh, also, uh, we have a regional, would you be a regional official of, of NASA, it was at the time. Exactly. And I said, sure, I'd be honored. And he said, can you host the next conference? <laughs> <laughs> That's how the, the conference was in a room about the size that we're in right now, just a small conference room area, maybe 30 or 40, mm -hmm. uh, you know, data center managers and the, and the, right. the vendor community. But it really has grown, hasn't it? Tell it, us about uh, how many people here this, this time. We have, uh, I think approximately, because I'm not sure how many folks checked in this morning, but uh, probably 625 mm -hmm. or more in terms of mid-year conference. So this is what three or four years ago was a fairly good size annual conference. So mm -hmm. we expect, based on our San Diego attendance and growth, probably 850 or more uh, at our Nashville conference, which will be our 50th anniversary celebratory conference. And so we expect that, uh, that a lot of more people will attend. We have a And growing, back in Nashville, right? And back in, and back in Nashville. What a coincidence. It is, ah. yeah. So that's, uh, <laughs> so we, and Nashville is obviously a, a, a high, high, valued city in terms of just accommodations but also just a lot to do and we have the new JW Marriott Tower and so we contracted with them over four years ago right actually before it was built okay. we decided we want to go back to Nashville so we uh, we contracted with, with uh, Marriott for that to get that property make sure we had it locked down because we knew it's gonna be 50th anniversary and we figured we'd have a big party mm-hmm well it sounds like it's gonna be a wonderful time I'm looking forward to it and you're right Nashville is a great place particularly to uh, take advantage of all the, well, they say, I was in Austin, Texas recently, and they say it's the live music capital of the world, but I think Nashville would probably argue with them on that, wouldn't they? Uh, they, they well, they, <laughs> they, they have a lot of competition going on between those two. Yeah. Nashville is certainly, uh, in terms of just venues, uh, I think probably has more live music venues than, uh, than Austin, but, yeah. you know, I'm not yeah. counting. Yeah. What are you most excited about with the conference this, uh, this year? A couple of things. Number one, uh, theme around uh, you know collaboration, which we're building off of uh, the the keynote that we had this morning, Tim Sanders. But that was a big part of that. That comes from you know, the number of new state CIOs we have, 15 
new state CIOs appointed since January, uh, 24 new CIOs in the last year. So go back wow. May 1st of 18. We basically, half of our um, prime membership has turned over, so 24 CIOs. We have a couple of more to go. Yeah. We have a couple of states that haven't uh, appointed their their CIOs yet, so we expect that to change even uh, even more. So 22 new governors. Yeah, we have obviously seen a lot of change, and so mm-hmm. collaboration, we think, is a is an important part of that. Uh, making connections, obviously, mm-hmm. with those folks. So we've kind of woven that theme throughout uh, the conference. The other piece of that is partnership. So we have uh, what we call lessons learned, case studies uh, in the afternoon breakouts where we have uh, corporate and state member partnerships. Uh, they're going to basically team up and we have representatives from our corporate partners and the state CIO who will talk about a successful partnership, a collaboration uh, with their solution, their software, their success. And, and those are always interesting. And we uh, we do those. We rinse and repeat. So we do this a couple of times. Everybody gets a chance to sit down on one of those. So that's a big part of the new yeah. year. I know that in the corporate, uh, the corporate members meeting yesterday afternoon, uh, Which was standing room only. I was. Yeah. I told them to turn the air conditioning down in that room. It was getting really hot. <laughs> it did. It did. But I was really impressed with uh, Delaware CIO and NASIO President uh, James Collins. He was. He's been reinforcing that whole theme about yes. collaboration between vendors. And this is really. I didn't realize. Uh, it's. It'll be an interesting opportunity for a lot of people to put in. Uh, you know, examples of that kind of uh, partnership. We have, we have some already uh, submitted. So when he, and when he became president, uh, he had. Uh, three initiatives that he articulated uh, when he actually got in front of the whole conference at our annual awards dinner and that that was number one was how do we capture a lot of great stuff going on between Mm -hmm. states and uh, our corporate partners how do we capture that in a way that's meaningful and shareable we can document that and and, and not an exhaustive ROI but just a simple case study about the problem statement and the benefits and we can build on those and we can we can it might be a video we said we don't we don't really care about the format we Mm -hmm. just need that information the second was about customer relationship management and that is the internal service it service organization as a cio uh, they all deliver services to agencies almost all of our states are 100 percent chargeback so they have customers they send them bills and so that can create some tension and so he wanted to uh to work on that and, and provide some guidance. So we actually have a, a brief coming out probably in the next couple of months on uh, customer relationship management, uh, what state CI organizations are doing, how they're mm-hmm. organized. Uh, we have states now that have chief customer officers, and so what are they doing around that? And then the last thing is around the workforce, like on a next-gen workforce, not just we know there's challenges in, in, in terms of workforce in the IT space and state government, but what do we envision as the next-gen workforce? What's needed mm-hmm. in state IT organizations? And you know, quite frankly, if you look at some of the data, it's probably less technology-based and more relationship-based, uh, more contract managed services, procurement as we move more toward kind of CIO as broker and more hybrid models mm-hmm. uh, are the right folks in state organizations to actually do that. And you know, there are some very innovative uh, strategies taking place around the country where CIOs are addressing that whole workforce issue. Some really innovative ones. In fact, uh, we were talking to Ed Toner from Nebraska not long ago, and when they tried to adopt the agile methodologies, they thought about training their current workforce and just just there were too many, too many, too many reasons not to. Mm-hmm. So he went out to the local uh, colleges Community and they college, actually had a, a track, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, it really seemed to work out fine. So 
Yeah, that's a, it's they're going to take it's going to take things like they got get to right. attract the kind of skills that we're going to need because it's changing. Also, you brought up an interesting point about customer relationship and maybe you can help me out on this. But even back when I was CIO, there was a big issue about should we have chargeback? Should we actually be charging for services or should we just have our own budget and work within it? What's the trend now? Is that cuz I just spoke with uh, I think it might have been Ed or my, uh, one, one of the other CIOs that told me that they are moving away from the chargeback method. Yeah, that is uh, the exception, though, not the rule. The rule is predominantly 90% uh, of the state CI organizations are 100% chargeback. So mm -hmm. they're full cost recovery. They have service catalogs. They have lines of business they serve, and they deliver those. Mm -hmm. uh, some are fairly extensive service catalogs. They might yeah. have 200 uh, services on their catalog and they describe those so mm -hmm. I don't see it I see it moving uh, in hybrid directions some states are looking for general fund dollars to support the overhead function uh, and that's important to kind of sanitize the rates and say well if we didn't we, we need these general fund dollars to support the office of the CIO maybe cybersecurity maybe enterprise architecture uh, policy and planning mm -hmm. activities but let's not embed those overhead costs into the rates mm -hmm. so that's what I'm seeing is more examination of that uh, we've had a couple of states flip uh, Mississippi for one a couple of years ago went from full chargeback to uh, to fully funded by general fund dollars I don't see that as a trend though I see that reminds me of one other thing uh, we spoke with uh, Kurt Wood the secretary and CIO for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts my old stomp grounds and I asked him about the IT bond, which I inherited when I first started mm -hmm. in Massachusetts. And it's still going on. It is. And, it, and it, all the talk about CapEx and OpEx and all that, but Massachusetts is still funding it with a, a revenue bond. Isn't that yeah. interesting? And, and I can that, remember and that, back and in That is unusual, too. And, yeah. and I can remember in 92, there were two or three states that were very interested and contacted us about the way it was. And I don't, did, I don't know, did any other, are there any other states have an IT bond? They do not. They have uh, some states do have uh, long-term IT capital planning funding, but mm -hmm. they're not coming out of bonded. Uh, they have certificate of participation. They have different models they use, but yeah, they're not. Uh, they are Commonwealth is unique in that aspect, and I know that they still have a pretty significant bond fund to do modernization, to do refresh, and certain states could use that, but they're kind of still struggling. That's the challenge: is the modernization curve and the refresh curve. If you don't have those additional funds, you have to build it into your rates uh, and your 100% chargeback. Uh, that begins to irritate your customers mm -hmm. because they don't understand why those rates uh, have those refresh dollars, but they, they need to. They yeah. need to build a move in that. So I think the states are clearly moving towards, they don't have the capital, and so they're moving more towards the service portfolio and less of the buying stuff portfolio. So mm -hmm. that's certainly the... the what we've seen in terms of the trend is mm -hmm. much more of uh, acquisition of services, leasing, as opposed to buying. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to can you subscription-based cloud and SaaS. We're going to I think we're going to get to see that. Mm -hmm. uh, we're only got another minute or so. Why don't you just tell us a little bit more about the conference, the highlights coming up over the next day and a half? Sure. Uh, well, right now, uh, as we sit here, we're doing the speed networking, which will take 
take place uh, most of the mornings. Very popular, I think. Very uh, exceedingly popular. We may have to come up with a dating app on our uh, <laughs> uh, as part of our uh, our mobile app. Well, it's so conference. hard to find them, you know. And that's yes. when six hundred people, it's tough to track it down is. the CIO. At least uh, there's at least there's 50, 51 tables out right. there. Or, or yeah, so we, we have the, all the tables hosted by the CIO or the deputy or designee, and they uh, they rotate, and so that's very popular. And then this afternoon, we'll move into some of the sessions, uh, particularly around the leadership dimensions. We're going to talk about CIO as broker uh, tomorrow and our latest research on that and a playbook that will be coming out in another couple of weeks. So we have a playbook for state CIOs on the CIO as broker model and uh, how to move in that. And then we're also having a leadership uh, session around uh, five essential traits of the state CIO. So research that was done, and we have uh, three of those CIOs that will be on a panel talk about the, what we consider those essential traits uh, coming out of that research. Uh, so that's that's kind of important. And I mentioned the breakout sessions. Mm -hmm. We have various states involved in that um, that will be partnering with their corporate solution yeah. providers and talking about uh, talking about all that. Uh, well, we'll look forward to it. And great job, as usual, Doug. I think Thank everybody's you, very happy here. We've come a long yeah. way from the Holiday Inn at uh, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll take a short break now. You were listening to my earlier interview with Doug Robinson, Executive Director of NACIO, the National Association of State CIOs. We'll be right back in a moment with interviews with other guests from the NACIO Spring Conference at National Harbor. You're listening to Ask the CIO SLED Edition on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm John Thomas Flynn. When we need help, we turn to government. When government needs help, they turn to Federal News Network. Federal News Network, helping feds meet their mission. Welcome back to Ask the CIO SLED Edition on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm John Thomas Flynn. You're listening to interviews with attendees at the recent National Association of State Chief Information Officers Spring Conference at National Harbor. My next guest was Lindsay Parker, the new Chief Technology Officer from Washington, D.C., who was attending her first NACIO conference. I asked her about her new job and her initial impressions about NACIO. You know, I get to say uh, every day that I probably have one of the best jobs out there. Um, <laughs> uh, and I really do mean it. I've yeah. got a great team uh, of folks, um, almost uh, almost 300 people at the Chief Technology Officer's uh, office. We're called Octo uh, in-house. Uh, and, and Mayor Bowser appointed me to really think through the future of government mm -hmm. uh, and where we're going and how we're going to make sure that digital experience for uh, whether it's residents, businesses, or our 20 million visitors to Washington, D.C., uh, seamless, right? Yeah. And is what mm -hmm. you're expecting. Uh -huh. so. You know, interestingly, interestingly enough, we had your predecessor, the acting chief technology officer, Barney Krukoff, oh, was on our show, uh, show last year. Oh, and it was interesting to learn about one of the more complicated CIO governance roles I've ever heard of. It was very, very complicated. In fact, when I was trying to track him down, I wasn't because there's a there's a CIO at the Department of Finance and there's it's it's it seemed like a very uh unusual organization chart. Yeah. And uh, is that something you've got your eye on? or? Well, no. So I um, I actually like to think of Washington, D.C. as unique. So what we are is a city, county, and state 
uh, government all in one uh, municipality. And so uh, with that, it gives us sort of great uh, ability to move things faster, right? When we have an idea, we can actually um, uh, take it to um, sort of full development a lot faster, I think, than some other uh, governments are able to, especially um, other uh, state and uh, city uh, folks that have to deal with, with others. Um, so the truth is, um, you know, we had uh, OCTO, my agency was created in 1998 and was mm-hmm. really thought of as a centralized body for all, all IT services. And what does it stand for again? OCTO is the Office of the Chief Technology okay. Officer. So it's not as exciting when you say it like that, <laughs> but um, much, more, much more exciting when you have the acronym. Um, the, and, and so as a result, each of our 65 agencies have their own CIOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like to think of our mission um, as making sure that we're hardening the infrastructure, right? I, I almost call it an infrastructure structure for opportunity, um, allowing um, our agency CIOs to really be thinking about the innovative solutions that are going to help their specific business model. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, what, but we're around to make sure that the security is tight, uh, the network is solid, uh, and, so, uh, and so everybody's uh, comfortable uh, not having to think about that. Right? Mm-hmm. Leave that stuff to us, uh, and then they get to be smarter about what they're actually implementing for their agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, where so did the model you come, works. Where did you come from before you uh, got in with Octo? Yeah, good question. Um, I've had the pleasure of serving uh, in the Bowser administration for um, the past four years. I've mm-hmm. been with um, working for Mayor Bowser for about five years, actually on May 5th. So, mm. um, Sigo uh, de Mayo. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, have uh, truly uh, been um, uh, impressed with her ability to um, be visionary uh, and thinking about where Washington, D.C. is going and then putting in place the team of people and the, um, uh, the sort of ways of working to get us there. Uh, and so she's really challenged me, as well as her other cabinet members, to uh, take her vision and the, the good work that we've been able to do in the first four years, but really to ensure that we've got alignment uh, in a way that allows us to um, contemplate sort of the various um, uh, technologies that we know exist out there to make those those um, that vision even more realistic today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even before working for Mayor Bowser, I had the pleasure um, of, uh, of actually working at Symantec. Um, okay. So I've had, I've dabbled in the tech world, um, but really um, kind of caught the city government bug. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked for Adrian Fenty uh, pr- mm-hmm. prior to that. Um, and so Vivek Kundra and some of the other previous uh, folks in my position really um, you know, made it possible for me to see the value of Octo mm-hmm. and, and all the different things that we can get done. And, uh, I, and, and before we started, you said about your uh, your parents, I believe, working in uh, in the federal government and mm-hmm. State Department, mm-hmm. just like my father. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Sue, what, what high school did you go to? Ah, good question. Um, I went to the American MVC School in New Delhi, India. Oh, actually, so I wasn't expecting that yeah, answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I I'm a third generation public servant. Oh. I really um, always thought I was going to be an international trade attorney, mm-hmm. to tell you the mm-hmm. truth. But then um, was in India when foreign direct investment sort of started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really saw Hyderabad grow from a small town to what it is today and what okay. everybody knows about it um, mm-hmm. and really kind of caught the, the bug that technology is is upon us and is the thing, the, sort of the path uh, to the middle class, uh-huh. right? Um, and we can really kind of move, move mountains uh, if you harness it in the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking at ways to ensure that our future is um, inclusive uh, mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., and we're sort of um, harnessing the diversity mm-hmm. to, to come up with better tech so- solutions. I, act- I actually went to Gonzaga. Oh, I'm did you really? Alumnus, yeah, oh, so okay. downtown. Okay. Um, uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and I think you touched on it when you were describing your role, 
your your predecessor, two or three times removed, I remember, had an unusual not an unusual role, but she uh, she spent a lot of time looking at as a, an economic development stimulus to you know attract businesses, technology companies to DC. Is that mm -hmm. part of your role now as the CTO? Yeah, I mean, I think it's part of everybody's role mm -hmm. uh, in government, and it's uh, you know one of the things that the mayor's uh, most proud of that uh, in her first uh, term in office, we're now triple uh, uh, A bond rated by by Wall mm -hmm. Street, and so um, we're a place that people want to come and do business, right? Which is not something that uh, you could say about my grandfather's Washington D.C. Um, but uh, we're really sort of all working hard along with the deputy mayor for planning and economic development, uh, as well as other colleagues, um, to really think about how we're creating an ecosystem mm -hmm. um, for technology in Washington, D.C. Uh, mm -hmm. That benefits all of us, mm -hmm. uh, particularly me, uh, as I think about hiring um, folks that are super smart about uh, the security that we're going to need uh, going forward. Mm -hmm. That's an inter interesting role. It beats the, sometimes the... Uh you know, the propeller head stuff you have to get deep into. It's nice to have something that's more economic, uh, economic driven. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm, one of my fondest remembrances of when I was CIO for Governor Weld in Massachusetts, he took me on a trade mission to uh, uh, Ireland and the uh, British Isles. He wouldn't take, I had to fly into London. I, they, didn't, they didn't take me to the Ireland wing, unfortunately, <laughs> so I had to do that on my own coming back. But I had to, I, my role was to give a speech before the London Chamber of Commerce. To attract businesses to then to set up technology companies around Massachusetts because of all the money we were spending on technology. Yeah, and that's fun. That's that was a little bit different than your normal nine to five as a chief information officer. Yeah, and there's no more nine to five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, that's true. That's but true. I, I I totally agree. Uh, I think um, actually we're only as strong as the network that we're able to attract mm -hmm. uh, to to DC, and so. Um, and, and really, I, you know, I've talked about sort of four pillars uh, with my team and, and with anybody that will listen um, uh, since I've uh, joined, and, and people uh, is the number one pillar. Uh, mm -hmm. We really need to make sure that uh, our ecosystem is producing folks that are civic innovators interested in coming to mm -hmm. work in our, um, our space at the beginning, middle, and end of their careers, yeah. and they see a career pathway. They see yeah. a, uh, a role for them uh, both inside and outside of government to yeah, help it's us. Yeah, it's a big issue, and yeah. a major responsibility of CIOs, making sure that workforce is stabilized, if you will, at least. That's right. Uh, but it's different. It's difficult. Yeah, um, but only possible, right, if you've got um, some places for them to go, right? Yeah. You've got that ecosystem uh, on the outside as well uh, mm -hmm. that's luring them into into this area. So. And I assume uh, you this is your first NACIO conference? It is my first yeah. NACIO con conference. I'm excited to be here. I've yeah. had a really, a really great time. Yeah, um, it is. I, I was uh, president when I was CIO in California, oh, neat. 98, 99, just before the year 2000. It was a very interesting time oh to be goodness. involved in Y2K. it. did a lot of yeah. testifying yeah. in Congress and things like that. It was fun. A yeah. lot of fun. Neat. So I think you'll really, uh, I think you'll really enjoy being a, a part of this. I know I did. I really have already. Uh, just, uh, and I said to Doug uh, Buchanan, current uh, executive director, that he called me, I think maybe week three. And I was like, <laughs> it might have been the best phone call I'd had, uh, where I really kind of um, got to, got some assurance that we were thinking about the right things, uh, that we were concerned about the right things, uh, and that there were some folks out there that we're doing um, great things in the states that we could learn from, but also mm -hmm. sort of pass on some of our lessons learned as well. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doug's a great resource to the folks, and it's they they have a nice orientation program for new CIOs yeah. that I'm familiar with. Had the boot camp yesterday or Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you very much. It's been very interesting not thank only you. meeting you but hearing about your your background. Yeah.
With that, we'll have to conclude our program today. You are listening to my interview with Lindsey Parker, the new Chief Technology Officer for Washington, D.C. at the recent National Association of State Chief Information Officers Spring Conference at National Harbor. Thank you for listening. Content from this state and local program, which also includes curated news and original articles by yours truly and other more esteemed authors, is part of the recently expanded AskTheCIO.com. Hope you can join us again each Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time or listen to a podcast afterwards. Until then, bye for now. I'm John Thomas Flynn. You've been listening to Ask the CIO, Sled Edition with John Thomas Flynn on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.